All right, here we go. Welcome to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the movie review show from Friends You Can Trust. Every week we review a new film, talk about some film news, and recommend what to watch. We've been talking, critiquing, and gushing over relevant cinema since we are young, and we aim to bring you honest conversation about new movies that are coming out nowadays. So I'm Derek, and this is Brandon. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, tonight we're going to be reviewing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, the latest in the episodic MCU. Um, I figured for kind of an opening topic, we'll just kind of talk about the MCU because it's, um, they're, they're starting to kick so much to talk about. Yeah. And they're starting to kick back into gear and get caught up with all these movies that were supposed to be sprinkled throughout the last two years. Um, and yeah there's just a lot coming out so we've already gotten this year we've gotten uh what three TV black shows widow and yeah oh and the television and shows yeah second movie so yeah we had black widow shang chi um and then earlier this year we had wandavision followed by falcon the winter soldier and then loki just ended did you watch loki i did not watch any of the tv shows no oh you haven't watched any of them okay they're all pretty no. good they're all pretty good like so them. they so you said they're trying to play catch up and that's why it feels like we're getting more than the usual all scrunched into such a short like time frame yeah because i want to say when they originally laid it out it was gonna be like three movies per year and then the shows sprinkled in i think the shows are actually like on schedule mm -hmm. because they were always going to be online the pandemic didn't affect them too much right. except for maybe some production issues but um yeah i know black widow got pushed back like almost two years i feel like it was supposed to come out in early 2020 so maybe just one year it came out in okay like may or march or whatever this year so um and then followed by shang chi which is now just came out i'm not sure how far its original date got pushed but um we know they didn't come out with any in 2020 or at least the latter half of 2020 so those movies are all kind of pushed into now so now we get, uh, you know, Black Widow in May, I think it was, and then now Shang Chi in uh, September, and mm -hmm. then we still have two more movies before the end of the year, and there's only Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man, and you know what the other one is? The Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. uh, or it's just Eternals. No, the Eternals, Eternals. Um, which I'm really excited for. The trailer for the Eternals looks so creative. Yeah, and I'm pretty stoked. I'm yeah. pretty stoked. It's crazy. It's a pretty big like. It, it's kind of like one of those movies that you feel like it's got to be good. It looks really good. It's got this crazy mm -hmm. cast and Chloe Zhao's directing it. Uh, but you know, it's also kind of a risk. Like she's not like a big blockbuster action director, filmmaker. yeah, action filmmaker. But you know, you never mm -hmm. know. Sometimes uh, you know, great filmmakers still have that eye for that kind of action and they can still make it work and that's i guess kind of where we're at with like shan chi as well is like uh this you know what this this director directed short term 12 and yeah. like some pretty intimate dramas mm -hmm. um so i think this is a similar maybe not as quite of a risk mm -hmm. um compared to the style um for the inter eternals director but i i was shocked to think that there's still two more marvel movies left this year um, yeah yeah, so the Eternals is November fifth, so we have a little break. 
Okay. Uh, then Spider-Man. A break. Yeah, a break. Like a month and a half. One month off of the MCU. Yeah. There's still other Marvel movies like <laughs> Venom and stuff coming out, but that's not MCU. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is December 17th, mm-hmm. and that'll round out the, the end of the year. Um, as far as the movies go, there is another TV show, Hawkeye, that's supposed to come out before the end of the year. I don't think they've okay. actually announced a firm release date, which makes me think it might not make it this year. But um, And that'll play off the ending of Black Widow, which kind of teased into that. And then Winter, it says Winter 21 is the Miss Marvel TV show. Um Again, they don't have any like firm dates on that, so I'd be surprised it's if so both those come out before the end of the year. It's so many things. Yeah. So then we jump into 2022. This is where okay. it gets crazy. <laughs> yeah, let me hear it. So we don't get anything until March, but it's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Sam okay, Raimi's, cool. uh like newest film and his first film in a really long time. I feel Sam like. Raimi's doing He's Doctor Strange? Yeah. How did I not know this? You didn't know this. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's, he's, they're already done. Like, oh, filming it. Fuck, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and I think Doctor Strange, I mean, it was a weird character to begin with, but that's got to be the longest time between sequels of any character yeah. that they've done. And he's kind of been, you know, he's going to be in the Spider Man movie, and he's been in, you know, like Thor Ragnarok. And, yeah, you know, he's, he's showed up. He's but in between just one and two, like, that's got to be one of the biggest breaks they've had. For sure. I think they had a lot of issues trying to develop this movie. And it also kind of feels like it's a, uh, in much how Civil War was kind of a reaction to BVS and them wanting to kind of get ahead of DC and do a mm-hmm. versus movie. It seems like this is kind of them trying to get in front of Flashpoint, which is what DC's like big movie that's coming out next year. Okay. It's kind of same thing, you know, big multiversal crossover stuff. So, yeah. Uh, so that's in March, and then May 6, 2022, is Thor, Love and Thunder, Taika Waititi's follow-up to Thor Ragnarok. Wow. And then in July is Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, um, still being directed by Ryan Coogler. It's called um, Wakanda Forever? Yeah. And there's, okay. you know, no real, no one really knows what's going on with that movie, because... Mm-hmm. obviously we lost lost chadwick bozeman so it'll be interesting to see what kind of story they have worked up in such a short time mm-hmm. i mean maybe they already had like an out for him but um yeah so that's three movies by july <laughs> and then, and those are huge like two big directors and yeah. then a follow-up to one of the biggest films they've made so far like, yep yeah yeah absolutely and then comes the follow-up to captain marvel Captain Marvel 2, The Marvels, uh, which you know, everyone's like, eh, I don't know. But yeah. what's cool is uh, yeah. Sean, Sean and Nick covered Candyman last last week, right? And yeah. that was directed by Nia DaCosta, who is actually directing this Captain Marvel 2. Um, so it sounds like, you know, she's a little more fluent in some sort of a blockbuster-y kind of thing. And I feel like mm-hmm. horror directors transition really well into action. So, and apparently she's a very like clean filmmaker and yeah. she can put some good visual style on screen. For sure. And it's the writer of WandaVision, which um, it's probably the best part of WandaVision was its writing. Okay. It's really clever. So it sounds cool. I think I think it has the potential to 
um, you know, do what the first one didn't because the first one kind of sucked. Not be just a bland, <laughs> wet towel. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, so that's the fourth movie, and then following, and then there's more. <laughs> well, this one's kind of weird, but it's the last thing that they're coming out. It looks like it's going to be a direct. It's a TV special on Disney Plus mm-hmm. called The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, <laughs> written and directed by James Gunn. So that'll be out. It's like a shorter, like probably hour and twenty minute thing. Yeah, or something. Or like, yeah. I'm guessing in the same like vein of the Star Wars like Christmas special and stuff like that, you know. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's Uh, that's really cool. But it's like serious canon, like it takes place a specific Uh point of the timeline and everything. So, so that's next year. (laughs) It's five massive potentially blockbuster releases. Yeah, and there's huge directors. Also, this isn't MCU, but. Uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse sequel comes out next year too in the middle of all that. Yeah. Which and that's cool. so that's a whole different Yeah, it's going to be better than all the rest. So yeah. So that's the MCU catch up wrap up. There's a lot going on there. And I'm sure things are going to move around as the pandemic morphs and changes, but um the good news is Shang-Chi is doing very well at the box office, which they did not think yeah. was going to happen. Um so you know things might be looking up but who knows mm-hmm. i think i bet they're kind of be a little more cautious about just throwing stuff out on disney plus now that the whole scarlet Johansson yeah i was stuff like that i was telling you earlier that i ventured into manhattan to go see this just on a work day yeah because my circumstances but because of because i was still working from home i was like i wonder if i could just pay 30 bucks and mm-hmm. stay in my computer chair right where i'm sitting right now yeah. um and i'm glad I'm glad it wasn't because it got me moving. Um, But I went, yeah, I was surprised it wasn't on there Uh, just because I was able to watch um, Black Widow on there and Mm -hmm. a lot of other big Disney films. But yeah, yeah, there just was nowhere to be found. I was surprised. Yeah. It's funny when you're now surprised you can't watch the biggest (laughs) summer blockbuster at home. Yeah. Well, times are changing, so we'll we'll see, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, we'll see what what ends up happening. Who knows? But... um... As of right now, this movie's in theater, and we both went and saw it in theater. Um, so I say we just jump into this this review. Let's do it. Of Shang Chi. So Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I wish I counted like what film this is in the franchise. I feel like we're. It's like, got to be like twenty six. Yeah, I was thinking like twenty seven or something. It's definitely mm-hmm. pushing thirty here. Um, but the plot description is martial arts master. Shang-Chi confronts the past he thought he left behind when he's drawn into the web of mysterious Ten Rings organization. The uh, film was directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who you mentioned did Short Term 12 and um, like The Glass House, I think. Some bunch of Brie Larson dramas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it stars Simu Liu, Aquafina, Tony Lung, um, and yeah it's their first kind of big jump into um you know like a really asian centric um film you know chinese centric um story um starring mostly an asian cast and Mm -hmm. uh it came out on what's normally a kind of a sluggish labor day weekend and out of nowhere it just like exploded and like broke tons Mm -hmm. of records and um 
yeah, it's it's pretty cool that it's doing so well. It's kind of exciting. I forgot that Labor Day weekends were typically sluggish because people yeah. are camping and just more traveling mm-hmm. um, and not seeing movies. So it is surprising that they had this movie to pick to this weekend. Because, um, yeah. you know, they could have it any weekend they want around before or after this holiday. Yeah. I almost, yeah. I mean, it's, I was going to say, like, I almost wonder if Disney, like, did it on purpose. Like, I feel like they challenge just knowing how much money they make off their movies. They, like, challenge the how things normally function. Mm-hmm. You know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, they put out in, in August when, you know, everyone's on summer vacation and, it's usually not big box office draws, but they change that around mm-hmm. by forcing this movie out and knowing people are going to go see it no matter what. And utilize that downtime from other films. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so overall, I my initial impression of the movie is I actually quite liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Um, I think it had some really fun action scenes. Like the first mm. half hour of this movie, I loved it. I think the, mm-hmm. the two leads, Aquafina and Simu Liu. Maybe like, more than a half hour. Yeah. Like, could have been 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. But I kind of know probably the cup, cutting point you're talking about. Yeah. It's going to be weird talking about this movie because um, overall, I came out very happy. Like, I walked out of the theater, like, just so happy and, like, really high off the movie. But, um, and I'll get to some of the low points, but they're shockingly low for me. <laughs> and it's we. I'm really surprised at how much uh, the movie I felt kind of made up for it, and I like somehow won me back by the end of it. But um, yeah, the the chemistry between the two leads was really great. I kind of mm-hmm. like that they went uh, like I. Well, both of them are just really great, and I I like the setup for their characters, and I kind of like that it's not at least this first chunk of the movie isn't like a big deep dive on uh shang chi like i kind of like that it's i think i wrote like in my notes that like i could have watched them just hanging out and like going to karaoke stuff like that like for a full movie like just a hangout movie with those two would have been great because they're they're just really fun on screen together and um the relationship that they build in those that first like you know half the movie i think is uh really cool and it's different from what we see in the mcu I'm not going to lie. I kind of had the I had the same thought that you just said on the subway ride home. Like, I feel like this, if this movie had been a lot smaller, I probably would have, it would have stayed more consistently good for me. Yeah. Because um, I, I really did enjoy those two, um, their, their adventures and like even the ideas when they're um, at like the cage fighting, weird undergrounds, yeah. um, dark web fighting stuff, like, uh, I think, yeah, just more of a, a like a less fantastical movie with just those two. Yeah, I could have been pretty on board for. Yeah, just kind of like a crime, like ninja movie. Yes, like under. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and that's kind of the feel. It actually has a pretty unique feel, I think, especially when they get into China and they go up into that like abandoned tower where there's all like they start building out this world that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they leave that world. <laughs> abandon it yeah they just abandon it and um that's where the movie really drops the ball for me is like i'm not gonna lie i had trouble staying awake for like a half hour chunk i mean i i kind of want to i kind of want to pause here because you're like stepping through the movie and i want to like i want to talk with you instead of repeating everything later yeah yeah, yeah. um because i i really do agree with you like this movie is strong from the get-go yeah um there's there's like 
a handful of sequences almost back to back that are really gripping, engaging, the typical Marvel quirky fun like um, quips between the two leads. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it moves and every fight scene and you really see that this movie is centered around we're going to show you some awesome inventive fight sequences that you haven't seen in a blockbuster in a long time yeah we're going to pay attention to them we're going to do them right we're going to choreograph the fuck out of them Mm -hmm. give you unique like um unique uh set pieces of where they're going to take place and we're going to like jackie chan our way into using these set pieces to like choreograph our fight as well yeah I, i was super on board with it um and I totally agree with you. Like the bus fight um, is really fun. The bus fight, the like I said, the underground um, Chinese dark web fight sequence in even that where that they, yeah where they can track like, down. Yeah, and even when that steps into kind of like a CGI like fight, like they they mm-hmm. do it well enough that it doesn't like like we kind of expect that going into this movie that they're gonna you know boost those scenes with some cgi and stuff but it doesn't go crazy enough that it like loses you like it yeah. feels like you're watching a superhero you know fight on the side of a building you know it's not yeah it's not super surprising it's it's cool still they, they keep it grounded it looked, just enough that it, yeah it looks good it looked great and is very inventive yeah um and then like you're saying the moving movie shockingly just hard grinds to a halt yeah like i couldn't believe what was i was sitting there like yeah, what exactly happened to what this film? I was like, what is happening? <laughs> is this really? And it just kept going and going. There's more flashbacks, more backstory, more family drama. And they're just like belaboring it yeah. over and over. Like, and some um, of the scenes and are then, kind of like, but they just, I don't know, like just the way they, the order they put them in and like how much time they spent on them. Yeah, like, like and 50 minutes passes and I'm just like, When's the next, like, what are they doing with this film? Um, There's, like, this one, and then they, like, tried to throw in, like, an action sequence in the, like, car garage, Mm -hmm. which probably, like, the worst action of the movie because it looks, it's just super CGI and thrown in. They're, like, just trying to escape with some motorcycles, and it's just really bland. It kind of feels Um, like it was probably added in. Yeah, they're, like, that was them trying to pump some livelihood into the film, the middle of the film. They were watching it Um, yawning, and they're, like, oh, shit, we need, like, an action scene here. It was super green screened and CGI, um, that car chase. Mm -hmm. But, um, oh yeah, like overall, like this movie, it it annoyed me how high the highs were. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, holy shit, I'm on board to watching one of the best like Marvel movies I've seen in a while. I was 100% there. And um, it really annoyed me at how lows the lows went. And we'll, we'll talk about the ending. And I agree. I don't think it won me back, but I agree there was there was a few things to love at the end as well um yeah but i don't think it pulled me in as much as it did with you right um but yeah we'll we'll dive more into that yeah well talking about the highs there's some things i want to say because this movie definitely i think has some of the best action scenes especially in that first like chunk since like immediately just walking out of the movie i was thinking like civil war and like winter soldier i was like the mm-hmm. energy of those fight scenes were like the energy of like the Bucky versus like Cap, like hand to hand, like fight yeah. scenes. It's like Thing, things hit hard, yeah, which I always appreciate. Like, and it's not like overdone in weird CG ways. Like, I saw a few like CG tricks with some of the impacts, but they made it look good, yeah. 
Um, and I was impressed. Like I remember, like you're saying, the Winter Soldier, like he'll throw the shield, mm. and for some reason they know how to make that shield feel heavy yeah. and like fast, yeah. and it just feels Captain feels America, good like, to see it hit people. Back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's yeah. like it. Kind of felt like okay, this is this is like really cool, and um, it definitely made me hope that like maybe. Like, I think this character, in, at least in this first half, they set him up, and I think in the second half, too, but they set him up strong enough that, uh, like, I, I, and this guy's really charismatic, too, Simu Liu. Like, he hasn't done much, but I really, really, really liked him as this character. And yeah. I could totally see that. I think it was. I could see them using I think it was great. Like a, like a, you know, one of the main Avengers. Like, I, I think he could fill that void of, you know, the the close-up action of like captain america and stuff um, that was kind of what you think of coming out of it just like oh. what did you think of aquafina i i liked her a lot i kind of like that she wasn't i'm trying to think of like love interests in these marvel movies and there's actually not a lot of love interests in marvel movies i don't know if she was even a love interest well, exactly. like a friend interest no for sure but i kind of feel like yeah. they were t like playing the long game yeah. with that like a will they win right. or a trilogy or something you know but um i liked i i liked the role that she played in this movie a lot and um another quality of the action scenes is i think they you know with her not being she's not like a fighter she's it's almost like she's in the fish she's the fish out of water she's the definitely the fish out of water yeah which is kind of backwards of how these movies usually work uh but it was cool and um, I think they used her really well in the action scenes. It really helped, you know, the rise and fall of action a lot. Um, and it created yeah. that kind I've... of like, you mentioned Jackie Chan, you know, he's always like, he's like kicking ass, but he's fumbling to, to solve a problem, you know. Mm -hmm. And she like helped, I guess, kind of provide that, like that part of the fight scene, like that, that aspect mm -hmm. of the fight scene really well without being like, annoying about it you know she wasn't like yeah yeah actually she wasn't yeah you're right she wasn't annoying i think we're specifically talking about her on that bamboo shoot <laughs> yeah like that was that kind of cartoony but fucking amazing moment yeah of choreography honestly that shot like there's a part there that i was like whoa like the oneer of him go running at her to find uh, her no was it no honestly i thought they were gonna kill her in that scene <laughs> <laughs> i like was almost positive because there's a part where she falls and then uh Oh, really you thought that was okay. You thought I it was going to like change his character honestly, well, what for the rest of the movie. She's like on the bamboo. And she's I'm, I remember there, the shot. And I was like, this feels like The Lion King or something. And then she mm -hmm. falls. I was like, no way. She's <laughs> like, I thought they were going to do that. Yeah, I was like, oh, that would like, you know, that would be like just a shocking twist. Um, mm. But they don't, and I'm glad they did it. And I think the payoff of that scene is actually really good too, and it introduces another character. Um, that I think is really great in this movie, which is his sister. Um, mm. And she's kind of like a counter. I don't know. She's a part of his past that gives his past a little bit more depth and uh, and kind of adds some rough edges to his like super shining personality. You know, um, I, I think. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Aquafina was for me like that super typical. We've talked about like kind of how old that, um, that that type of character has become mm. a little bit with just that style of humor, 
and everyone needs like comic relief, but like yeah. the Marvel movies make like everybody their comic relief type thing. Yeah. And so there was like a little bit of annoyance in that. For the most part, like I do like Aquafina and I think I think she probably does better in just like quirky indie roles because she's always that mm-hmm. goofy, weird character yeah. um, who's just sarcastic and cracking jokes the whole time. And she kind of plays like fish out of water. Like I'm I'm kind of dumb, but I'm not in like a lot of different roles. Yeah. And it, it was a little much, but I, for the most, I don't want to complain about her. I think yeah. I was pretty on board. Um, no, but his his um his parents the father and um the aunts were obviously super strong like classic actors we've seen mm-hmm. um those were that was really really good casting and yeah. i you're you're saying you liked the sister i thought maybe the sister was kind of the most I thought, I plain mean, yeah she definitely wasn't like a deep character that they dove super far in but i like mm-hmm. i like the aspect that she added to shang chi because he's kind of you know we kind of jump into he's already like shang chi like he's already like the super martial art master guy when the movie starts you know they kind of hide it but that's we come to find out he's already there and there's like a whole past and um, that's what that boring middle section of the movie is but i like on paper at least i really like the uh the idea of her character and how that helps move our protagonist and like and and she'll be back yeah um, and she'll be back and we'll hopefully learn more about her yeah for sure um yeah and we can get back to I, that as well i actually do want to talk about um, some of the later stuff uh yeah too but i i want to i want to say it was interesting i thought of other like um black widow there's this movie's gonna be flashbacks of like the whole family action everyone hates each other but then they grow to love each other drama yeah um like everyone's evil but then suddenly they're good and you know black widow did that a lot and um the last fast and the furious movie did that a lot mm-hmm. like everyone has these like childhood trauma <laughs> okay every fast and furious movie. everyone has like childhood trauma and some like lost family member to rediscover mm-hmm. um and then they grow to like see through see past that by the end yeah i just felt like we've kind of gone through this um family superhero trope a bit yeah um, i agree with but him and his sister and dad i'd also argue that his sister might not have fully come to terms with it you know what i mean like i kind of feel like that might be where her character's going is that she doesn't There's still more to tell him yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, well, uh, what what other non-spoiler stuff? Do you have anything? Let's let's go into it. Let's go into spoilers and talk about the family middle and the big ending. Yeah. Um. Do you, uh do you have something right off the bat you want to start with? We're going into spoilers. Um, spoiler spoiler. Well, yeah, let's go. Spoiler 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 spoiler. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about that drag of a middle. <laughs> yeah. Uh. What do you what do you, what do you think was going on there? I feel like they felt like they needed to do more of an origin story and it kind of seems like they, you know, they filmed everything, they had it all on paper, but they wanted to not do it the way they've been doing it, which is like totally linear. But what ended up happening is everything got shoved into the middle for some reason. (laughs) I don't Mm -hmm. know why they decided to do it like that. There was nine flashbacks some of them are the same flashbacks too. There's a there's just a, a continuation of the same him, scene, like with his mom when like the assassins come for his mom, and he's like a little child. They show that scene mm-hmm. like three times. They keep going it back was, to it. It's like, 
what is happening? Why do they? I think they're like trying to, um, you know, sometimes it's like you throw back to something that you thought was powerful as like a way mm-hmm. to like, you know, exclamation mm-hmm. mark. I don't know if that's what they were trying to do with it. It just didn't work because the first time it was just like, okay. And then they slam back to it and you're like, I don't, I'm still just okay. Like, I don't really care. You know, it doesn't have the weight, I think, that they were hoping it did. Or, but it just it was going. There's tons of that too. And it was, it was a lot of heavy handed just exposition in blunt vision, not really exposition because it was just like blunt. Um, just retelling of like this childhood storyline that just kept going over and over again. Yeah. We already knew where it was going. Yeah. We already, it wasn't exciting. There was nothing like interestingly shot or like an action sequence, a part of it. It was just slow backstory. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get, other than maybe that's first part of showing him getting trained. I didn't know why we needed any of the other stuff. Yeah. Like the training stuff made sense and it fit mm-hmm. in that portion of the story. Um, but yeah, it's like we, you know, we can assume that this, like their, their dad being this tyrannical guy that's lived for a thousand years and like is known as being like the most dangerous man in the world. Like we can assume that his shenanigans is what got the mom killed and they don't have, like, I guess they could have gone over that, but they're just, there's gotta be better ways of doing it than, Mm -hmm just sitting down at the dinner table and explaining it to everybody yeah always going back to that same (laughs) the same house and the same mountain same setting like there's just nothing visually interesting about going back to that scene like eight times throughout 40 minutes and i get like that's a hard i think that's like the you know that's the thing about these comic book movies is you want to pay homage you know homage to the like the lore behind the character and you want to make sure that it's not like not explained, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. It's like, you got so much freaking money, like sit down and figure the shit out. Like, don't just write it down and throw it at us. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's something that's, it's getting less less forgivable, you know, every time they do it, which they do it. And this movie being two hours and 10 minutes or two hours and 20 minutes, however long it was 15 um it's like that's that's the center you need to cut yeah like and it's not important this movie's too long to begin with and everyone knows this is boring like i don't know how that didn't get chopped down to like imagine this being like a brisk like hour and 45 minute movie with like the beginning and end that are interesting and that middle part cut down to like 15 minutes yeah like it'd be so much more impactful yeah absolutely like it, it like in hindsight, it feels like that was just in there to pad the movie because it really didn't do much for the narrative or anything. So, um, and I don't know. It'd be interesting to kind of compare the run times between all these. I do feel like almost every MCU movie is over two hours, and yeah. they almost never need to be. Uh-huh. You know, I'll give unless a it's like a like, bigger yeah the big crossover ones where you got just a lot of characters and a lot of story to cover that's fine mm-hmm. and those don't have this problem though either you know they don't sit there and like you know some of them do a little bit but i feel like um i'm just thinking like some of the russo brothers movies that have to ca- like they cover so much ground and they are very long but they just don't have like 
they're like not even long enough for how much is like actually happening yeah and they have exposition dumps but they're usually they find a creative way to like fill that time so that you're not yeah it's not just like uh, Mm -hmm. ninjas killed the mom uh then the dad killed ninjas and then the ninjas were here and then the ninjas were here then the ninjas were here it's like okay we get it there's ninjas are bad like this guy's bad he's got a lot of bad stuff going on um yeah so the the movie the movie morphs from that into this insanely fantastical (laughs) climax uh, single climax yeah jumps straight from like chinese goodfellas to like lord of the rings like, uh, in an instant <laughs> yeah like and there's to me to me the beginning of um you know finding the crew like they they get sent to the dungeon because they're not on board with going to save the mother and all of a sudden we're led down this path of like magical trees um finding this kingdom and then like the kingdom just kind of looks a little cheesy and it's just like looks really fake and it's like five houses i don't like nothing looked it looked small mm-hmm. um and not very well thought out the whole setting of this like compared to like wakanda or something right which was like super inventive yeah um this felt the exact opposite um this this chunk of the movie uh, and the the evil monsters hiding behind this one wall. They're just kind of like sitting there, um, behind this scaly wall. Every like a lot of I know like maybe the ending won you over a little bit, but it it felt it felt small, or you know what? It felt medium. Like I would want small, right? Because we want just like a little ninja choreographed Jackie Chan movie, um, but. It was like not big enough to be epic and not small enough to be like interesting action. Mm-hmm. It was just like this weird middle ground of this little village fight. Right. It was like they were caught yeah. between. They're like, well, we don't want to do like the faceless army like we always do, but we want to go bigger than like the bus scene. But mm-hmm. like, <laughs> what they felt like it landed on was just something that just like wasn't that cool and also not as good as the bus scene. So These two like, groups of 40 people, 35 yeah. people run at each other. I want to say the idea of that, I know you're talking about, like, the town does, it does feel weird. And they talk about it being, like, this vast world. And there's, like, I feel like they mentioned that there's, like, tribes and other places and stuff. Yeah, she was, but like, I think, I think she said this used to be a kingdom, like, bigger than what any of you mortals have ever experienced. Oh, yeah, they show And it shows, like, the, skyscrapers. That's right, yep you know, on the storytelling wall so people can walk through it and right. tell about their country's history in but a storyline form. I think form. the premise of that spot that we visit is that they're there to make sure that the monster doesn't get out. Like, that's mm-hmm. those five buildings. It's not like necessarily that's... They just sit, they sit there across the lake from where the monster is. Yeah, it's like a guard mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it was kind of a weird choice of, like, well, this is going to be our big finale. These uh these couple people versus these couple people in like a we're gonna but we're gonna go like Braveheart like it's a big huge battle but there's just not a mm-hmm. lot going on in a grassy and, knoll yeah that looked I think some of the visual ideas there are really cool I liked like the which ones um, like bringing to life like the Chinese sculptures of like the the lions and stuff like that and actually mm-hmm. as opposed to them being like a stylized piece of art 
like they're, they're no these were real i thought those were kind of cool and look cool mm-hmm. and um um yeah the soul sucking aliens yeah the um the mo- like the big monster was actually kind of scary looking when he came out mm-hmm. he was almost like some cthulhu type thing <laughs> and um which i guess he is actually a big monster in the uh the comics too he's very mm-hmm. well known the dweller in the dark or whatever he's called um and i actually did kind of enjoy uh that cgi like massive like dragon fighting um i don't know i i like like no i and i agree i think that's like the that's the ending of the ending which started winning me back over yeah yeah. was the like old school fantasy dragon fighting this like giant what do you cthulhu type yeah monster yeah um just that like that five minute part of the broader 30 minute climax yeah started winning me over because it visually looked great. It was like kind of stunning and yeah. um, just cool ideas with the soul sucking and the arrows and stuff like that. Yeah, and it added kind of a different um, risk, I guess, to the battle than, you know, and I was kind of figuring everyone was going to stand back up afterwards and everyone was fine. But they didn't. Do yes, that. I'm glad they didn't do that. That was in my head the whole time. I was like, everyone's going to come back to life, right? Because like they're not going to have all these corpses here. And it'd be easy for like the souls to come out of the dragon exactly. into the people and then they yeah. get back up. I'm yeah. glad they didn't do that. Like they kept mm-hmm. some stakes in there at least. So it wasn't a complete disaster. That's that's what these modern Disney animated movies keep doing to us. Yes. You know how we were complaining they like wrap every little thing up in the most perfect bow. Yeah. Um uh, can talk so long about the ending yeah. of Frozen Two. It drives me nuts. Yeah. But... Or what's the one we saw recently, the roly poly character creature? <laughs> what? <laughs> Luca? Uh, not Luca? Yeah. No, not Luca. The the like badass girl in the post-apocalyptic oh, world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which this, I feel like we're, they borrowed a lot of similar ideas. Um, God, Raya and the Last Dragon. Right, Raya and the Last Dragon, yeah. Honestly, when I was, there was something, so Raya, I always thought, um, felt like it borrowed a lot from, well, really, The Last Airbender borrows a lot from Chinese culture, and I thought Raya and the Last dragon shared a lot in similar and similarities with uh the last airbender talking about the like the show not the movie Mm -hmm. and likewise i thought this movie like constantly constantly when he's like learning the the, like forgotten um martial arts and stuff towards the end of this Mm -hmm. um it was very similar to some of the martial arts we see in the last airbender and i was like i really hope netflix is taking some cues from this because this looks really good and yeah. yeah, I was like, this is what the movie needs to, or what the show needs to look like when they're doing martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I liked all that. Um, I want to, I don't want to get through this without bringing up Ben Kingsley in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what'd you think of that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was really surprised that he was in it. And, yeah. Uh, I think it was great seeing, I think he acted the hell out of that goofy ass role. For sure. And, <laughs> I think he's you like could see and he's like an Oscar-winning actor from being funny for the first time, and it being like great, yeah. like this like psychotic, um, failed artist thing. Yeah. I don't know. It just like it. It was good. I don't know if it needed to be in the movie. Yeah. I don't know if it improved much. I think it was already goofy enough, but like I think he did a good job. Yeah. No, he was. I thought he was really funny. Um, 
definitely like lightened the tone and kind of woke me up after that like slog of a half hour exposition scene um and i think he served that purpose really well yeah i agree he's kind of like um uh martin what's his name black panther um god what's that guy's name martin whatever bilbo baggins uh okay. he's in black panther and he's like he's just like the the guy that they just kind of gets brought in oh, right, yeah, I remember. does yeah. some stuff and it's mostly forgettable doesn't really add anything to the movie but he must be feeling some sort of trope or something i don't really know why why he's there and i felt the same with ben kingsley i was like i don't really get it <laughs> i get it's some like, of it's funny yeah some of, it's funny it definitely is funny uh it just doesn't really do anything i guess maybe it's kind of an apology for um yeah i mean that's for the last time he was in the movie i mean they like they tried to cover their tracks there yeah. with uh, his the kind of right when you see him he kind of like exposition dumps yeah. you know how he got there and yeah covering iron man 3 yeah so i in turn don't want to leave and i don't necessarily need to turn this into a bigger conversation because i haven't really thought out all my points specifically but i think it's just another like action movie where not like nothing may so little makes sense and it's just randomness on top of randomness mm -hmm. like actually following the storylines of these characters and what they're doing and why they're doing it is like almost nonsense and the story will write themselves into a hole just to show you something fun just for it to be like kind of meaningless to begin with mm -hmm. um and they do that over and over again in this in the storyline up until the ending when this dad is literally just punching a wall with his fist like trying to his right. trying to get his dead wife who's talking to him through his handcuffs because he's really just a demon, even though everyone told him that's what's happening. Right. And, and there's a dozen other of those just ridiculous things that like are just so forced yeah. throughout this movie. And I just think it's, it's too bad. The like the overall story beats of this movie are not strong writing. Um, as good as the action and some of the visuals are, uh, they, I think they missed the mark on a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's something especially in the wake of black widow as i've let it kind of simmer and stuff and i'm liking it much less and less and um i'm seeing things in these marvel movies that are starting to annoy me more and more just because it's like there's so many marvel movies every year and they're a large portion of you know the box office they're a large portion of the industry they're a large portion of you know pop culture right now and they really i think need to be uh i mean it's just movies it's just it's whatever but i think that they should feel more obligated to uh like be better <laughs> like mm -hmm. like they you know they just take up so much like such a large percentage of media that like they should be focusing on they should really be hammering in like yeah like the story beats like i don't know we should take have... taking cues from the russos where like the oh, russos yeah, knew how to make things have meaning and purpose and people's actions to be real for those characters in the moment yeah um and not just be forced by the constraints of the story um and the russos were great were great at that yeah um and, and they should extend that right into their other movies 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think like that's, you know, that's what made them kind of special. Like their movies tend to stand out and it's because of that, I think. And, you know, that's <laughs> what they bring to the table. So I get like it might it's probably not easy to replace them and like find someone that's just as good at it. But they should really be like searching harder, maybe <laughs> like they have unlimited money. Like you can literally that extra hire polish. anybody anywhere. Will like yeah like if anyone can figure it out, Disney can figure it out, and it's it's really disheartening that they refuse to, and then they continue to make the same mistakes over and over. And um, yeah, it's uh it's starting to wear more on me. I think now that we're getting into like you know we're like twelve years into this thing. <laughs> And it was forgivable for a while while they figured it out, you know, and it was kind of figurable or forgivable while they wobbled up to the ending of their big climax. But now we're going into this new era. Like they should have mm -hmm. it figured it out by now. You shouldn't mm -hmm. be like stuffing movies for fluff or anything like that. You yeah, know? you can't just it's not just ah, it's an action blockbuster. Like we don't need this to to be too specific. We don't need this character to really make this decision in this realistic of a way. But like. Yeah, I'm glad you agree. I I see it all over the, these few movies. Yeah, and it's that's kind of a Disney problem, I think, too. Just like it's the same thing in all their other, all their other properties. But hopefully they figure it out because um, it's definitely starting to wear, <laughs> and it probably won't affect them, but it'll affect it'll affect me. <laughs> it'll affect, yeah, my, it'll affect my, Derek. my appreciation of their movies. You know. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I will say also uh, post-credit sequences. Um, they have one with. Um, I didn't watch it. You didn't watch the post. -credit? To be transparent, I kind of dipped. Oh, was no. it a good one? No. Okay, so there's two. I'll just tell you what happened. Okay. So the first one is um, they're. Oh, they're oh they're recapping. Oh, well, maybe you saw this. It was the ending of the movies? There, it cuts back to them at the dinner and they're yeah. like recapping yeah. that seems that really great it was, it was really funny. and that reminded me of like i just want like i want more of this movie to be kind of just this yeah. like yeah absolutely the like, two of them they're really in a funny. new york bar or where, san francisco yeah. bar wherever they were yeah exactly so it continues right from that so like that they walk through with uh what's the guy's name god damn it juan yeah i don't remember i can't i can't remember but anyways they go through and um so it picks up with that and they're like in his study and he's talking to Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel and mm -hmm. um, one other person. I can't remember who. And they're, he's kind of explaining to him that there's like a lot of stuff they need to be caught up on and just kind of vague, um, you know, teasing for what's coming next. Okay. But they show that Bruce Banner's no longer the Hulk. He's actually Bruce Banner. And so okay. That's interesting. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh it's then, fully devolved out of that state now yeah, yeah. he's just Go. mark ruffalo and mm -hmm. um then they then he joins them at a karaoke bar. i don't know it's kind of weird like it was that they took that scene really serious and then they used it as a way to leverage the joke of him going with them to a by him i mean uh the god i wish i could remember that guy's name the Doctor Strange is oh. like sidekick. Yeah, guy. Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, makes the portals. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, he goes out to a karaoke bar with them. It's not that big. Okay. Uh, yeah. But then they have a cool post-credit scene that I'm sad that you missed because it got me 
it, it made me feel even better about this movie, which is mm-hmm. they cut back to, you know, the where the Ten Rings like had their like headquarters was like that old mm-hmm. ancient temple. So yep. they cut back to that temple and it's like all graffitied and stuff. And there's you see like that um, fight like Booker guy that like funny. Um, I just know him from The Daily Show. But okay. uh, he's like walking around and then it goes up to like his sister has taken over the Ten Rings and she's mm-hmm. brought like her fight, her like underground fight group Ooh. into that temple and uh-huh. and they're like asking her for orders and stuff. And she's like sitting on the the chair, the throne. And it's like, oh, that's yeah, kind of cool. That looks awesome. Okay. So I'm yeah. guessing that's where the sequel will probably go. I think like maybe she's not fully forgiven. Sean yeah, Sean she'll come back. She'll come back big. Yeah. And that, like I said, that underground fighting ring was just a really cool concept and idea yeah. of like what superheroes might be up to in this day and age and how they make money. Yeah. That's cool. And that kind of adds like an exclamation to the annoying things about this movie is that they end it with things that you love about it from earlier. And you're like, okay, so you mm-hmm. know what works. You're intentionally mm-hmm. like trying to do something else that just does not work. And it's just kind of drives me nuts. But, anyways, so that's Shang-Chi. Um, like I said, I think it kind of won me over. So overall, I'm, I, as much as we might have been talking crap, it's just the, the down parts are just so bad. So, um, but it won me back over. I think I'm probably leaning close to a four out of five. Like I was pretty well, happy walking out of the theaters. So, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it did win you over. I don't know. I'm leaning. God, the beginning was so strong. It's hard because they're polar opposites. Right. It's got to be. I don't know if I can give it above a three because of how much went wrong for me yeah so maybe just three all right fair enough yeah you know um these are kind of my bread and butter too and um, yeah you know it's just so exciting going to the dolby theater and like watching this big smash em up movie yeah it would have been a 3.5 but you saw um, the dolby <laughs> exactly it, it for sure i totally agree with that statement and i'll live by it so um so that's shang chi um Next week, we, me and Nick are going to review Malignant, which is James Wan's new original horror movie. That's which great. Which is cool and exciting because I feel like we don't get a lot of that. And um, James Wan's awesome. He's just like pumping out movies all over the place now. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Anything else you wanted to add before we go? That's all. All right, well. Like and subscribe. Yep, like and subscribe. Find us on Spotify, YouTube. um, And, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Peace.